We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast. Hey, I got a bone to pick. <laughs> Guys, I am so fired up. Sleep deprived and all. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> you probably cut off your hot dog. You don't need it on a bun. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. My name is Rob Doster. I have Terrence Oglesby. I have Bill Raftery's grandson. Is that right? Younger nephew, great nephew. His great-grandson, John Fanta, uh, who was on the call for Seton Hall and St. John's, and then UConn Creighton, so he's been all over the map uh, when it comes to these Big East games. Fanta, I I told you the story a little bit last night, but I just want to let everybody know that my children are totally obsessed with you. Over the weekend, we had my dad's birthday here on Sunday, and my daughter grabbed the the thank-you card that you wrote for the people that came to your wedding and walked around and showed every single person that was there and said, this is Fanta and his wife. She doesn't know that your name is John. She just knows that your name is Fanta. Um, and then last night, driving home from my son's game, uh, I put on the Creighton-UConn game on my phone so he could watch it in the back seat. And the, literally the first thing that he says is, wait, Dad, is that Fanta talking? <laughs> I'm just like, Why? How, do you guys, how does everybody here know who Fanta is? You just have a way, uh, a connection with the younger generation, John. Well, I appreciate that, Rob. I, I mean, I guess my name rhymes with Santa, so maybe there's a connection <laughs> with the children that I don't know about. Uh, but but I'm glad that the kids that the kids are fans. Uh, it's it's I, I, it's nice to be liked, and I'm glad that your that that your children are fans. I love that, and your kids had to love that it was a great night for the Connecticut Huskies uh, on did. Wednesday night because they they shine, they flourished, and. A pleasure to be with Raft. He's 80 years young, and he is just outstanding. I mean, he's just as good as he was when he started, if not better. He he knows everything, and but in such a humble way. And there's not there's just not a better personality on television than Bill Raftery. I mean, he he's just he is incredible. My favorite sequence of the game. We're in the second half, and UConn is well in place to win. And he said, well, he goes, yes, UConn has scoring options. This is vintage Hurley. Defense and rebounding is their motto. There's a long pause. And I said, what was yours? And he goes, try to get through the end of the season. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I laughed on the air about as loud as I've ever laughed. Like I just, I was genuinely shocked that he said that because that's the thing about ref. It, he, you know, he's not going to shy away from the fact he wasn't a Hall of Fame coach. He, you know, he wasn't. He didn't win seven thousand games. But when he was, Dave Gavitt says, you know, you're better talker than you are coach. And and Dave Gavitt got him on TV. It's the best move ever because he's been unbelievable on television. Yes, not afraid to make fun of himself. Yes, he has. Uh, Bill Raftery, Dick Vitale, those guys are uh, are icons in the sport. Um, regardless of whether or not you enjoy uh, what they have to say on the TV broadcast, legends. Uh, to it's nice to see that. Um, did you know? Did you know Raftery was drafted in the NBA? I did not know I, that. I did, I did know that. Yeah, he played. I mean, he was a good player. Yeah. Not what was it? The nineteen sixty-three draft in the fourteenth round. Different time. Eighty-second yeah. overall pick. Fourteenth <laughs> round. That's hilarious. Um, Tio, I'm glad that you were able to make it. You, uh, Tio, was out covering a bunch of Mountain West games and doing the broadcast for him. And his plane, such a fun league. Yeah, his, his plane crashed, so he actually is doing this show right now from a pasture. Um, right outside Albuquerque in front of one of the mountains out there in, uh, in Colorado. <laughs> this is not what Albuquerque looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Albuquerque does not look like this. I'm flying in, and I and I look out the window. I was like, is there ever any greenery during the summer? And the person sitting beside me, she's like, no, nah, you know, it's pretty brown. Pretty brown year-round. <laughs> I was like, okay. Sounds good. Is it true, is it true that you have to – because Raph said this to me because he was just coming from the pit. Yeah. Is it true that you have to, and he had never been there, walk up the stairs, walk up a bunch of stairs? Yeah, there's no entry. There's no entry down low. So, and like, no it's literally, they low, built right? it They built it down. So, like, the building itself is not tall when you walk in, but you walk down into, it's literally a pit where they put the basketball. And then you have to go, like, to go to the bathroom, you have to walk up a mountain to get That's up to where the, said. yeah. I mean, it's a long I, – I could see where it would be challenging for Raph. I feel like we have to – man, I, I've never been out there. That that place sounds like it's it's a it's a get for us. Yeah. Awesome. They've made some renovations, but it's not, it's not lost its character. And, like, it's aluminum seating behind both baskets. When I walked in, I had to walk in through the ticket office because I couldn't find an open door. And they were – I was like, how many are you <laughs> expecting? They were like, well, we're, we're – we're about 70% sold, uh, 70% of 16,000 or whatever it is. I was like, oh, okay. They were like, we're sorry. It's just not going to be that many. So by the time I get down to the floor, somebody comes in, well, they've sold 13,000 tickets. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I talked to Richard Patino. Richard was like, yeah, they apologized to me whenever <laughs> whenever they sell less than 13,000. We ended up selling out that night. So like, people in New Mexico, like, they love hoop. Love hoop. People are excited fans were in it it was uh it was it was really an incredible atmosphere one and two like it, it really is a pit oh and, and holly home holly holmes former ufc champion set two rows behind yeah. me wow so, thought, so that was that was cool i mean it's um it's a truly unique environment and they bring it man they bring it they had like four guys out on bicycles uh dressed as the insane count clown posse <laughs> running around the freaking uh the parking lots riding bike like it was it, it's a it's a scene it was a lot of fun um i worked with uh jordan kent who's ernie kent's son uh first time but it was we worked together wonderfully and then uh the whole 
production crew. I mean, anytime you work with FS1 or FS2, man, like they really have it together. It's it's quite nice. And, and that 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 league, we're gonna talk about it. It's um it's it's extremely entertaining, it's extremely fun. And the marriage between New Mexico, the pit, and what Richard Patino does, chef's kiss. Like well, let's let's awesome. just get into it. Let's get into it now. We'll talk about UConn in a second. Let, let's get into it now because I do think that the point that you made about the environment that that mm-hmm. New Mexico has, the way that the city and the people around that university buy into it, how many people show up to games, it's yeah. not that different from San Diego State. It's not that different from Boise State. It's not that different mm-hmm. from Utah State. It's not that different from Colorado State. Like the yeah. the, the even Nevada, you know, in Reno, people really follow the Wolfpack. So I, I don't think they have all the crowds. They have all the crowds that the Pac-12 wishes it had. Yes. Like it's it's oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, great and point. it's the only show in town too. Most of these cities that are mm-hmm. not huge cities like a Los Angeles or you know wherever wherever else in that league. But like I think Tucson, they obviously have great crowds. Outside of that, Pac-12 just kind of sucks. The Mountain West, they've got it figured out when it comes to college athletics. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So let's let's talk to you. How good yeah. are the teams in this league? Like you saw New Mexico up close. Saw uh, Boise. Yeah, you've seen Boise up close. Uh, Got Colorado State, Nevada next week. Like, I will say, I love Danny Sprinkle in Utah State. There's going to be a coming back down to earth situation for them, uh, just because they are good. uh, But the pressure that New Mexico was able to apply really bothered them, and I was actually shocked about that because I I thought Great Osibor was going to be better in handling pressure, bringing it up. I thought that uh, Darius Brown, the second, I thought he was going to be able to handle things being an older player and one of the biggest assist guys. There's going to be a coming back to earth a little bit with Utah State, and I think they were expecting that because their their, their strength of schedule was terrible at the beginning of the season. They played nobody, and you're going to play in some environments in the Mountain West Conference. The good part is, is there's a lot of opportunities in that league because by and large, that league did phenomenal in the non-con. So yes. like whenever you – Whenever you play in a league where the teams have done well, you're going to have chances, and Utah State will end up getting in. It's just uh, I, I do think there's going to be a bit of a, a – the highs were really high. Now now it's going to be a little bit of a comeback to reality. Still very good team. I'm not sure this is a top 15, top 20 team. They're in that 20 to 30 range more so. And is, there's a is lot anyone of teams in this league in that at that range. level in your mind? We've seen Utah State get ranked there. We've seen San Diego State get ranked there. We've seen Colorado State get ranked there. And I'm assuming at some point someone else in this conference is going to go on a win streak of like four or five games and find themselves ranked in that 20th range. Is and New Mexico New Mexico could get in there. New Mexico could get in there and be ranked because remember dude, that. pressure. Holy cow, pressure. And not only do they pressure the ball incredibly well, like they have Jalen House. And if you haven't watched this guy play and you just want excitement, like fly by the seat of your pants. Like he's he's unbelievably fast. He's a little bit annoying for other teams. And like the good part about what Patino's done is he's fit his pressure system around some of his guys. So like he's like, Jalen, if you feel like you can go get it, go get it. And then we'll rotate behind you. They scramble about as well as anybody I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. And they are small. They are small. So if like they run into like a UConn, for example, anybody runs into UConn. But if you run into a team with bigger guards that can can really control the tempo, I think they'll have a hard time because they won't be able to create turnovers. But the good part is if you can get – if they're able to speed you up, it's death 
almost because they've got JT Toppin, who reminds me so much of Gerald Wallace. It's it's crazy. Like same kind of player. Uh, and then they have Nelly Jr. Joseph, who's he was athletic last year when I saw him at Iona. Like he's starting to come into his game more. He got his visa like October 24th mm-hmm. and then flew right over and played October 25th in their exhibition game. So like he's starting to finally get his rhythm. They have talent. They're fun to watch. Uh, I think Boise's, I could see them in that 8-9 game, that 11-12 game, the play-in game. I could see that. Um, the other ones, though, like I, I'm putting them firmly firmly in the tournament. Like It's a good league. It's much. It's better this year than it was last year. Yeah, much better. Ahead, well, you just look at the records. You know, these teams yeah. accumulated wins in their non-conference. So it's it, it what's going to be interesting to see is who wins the league. Yeah. And, and that's going to come down to who can win on the road. Mm-hmm. All these team all these teams are tough at home. Mm. And I mean, New Mexico, they haven't lost at the pit this year. They're 10 and 0, but they're one and three in road games. But the other thing is, as as Richard talked to us about after dark. And I'm sure talk to you about they haven't been fully healthy. Mm. So now they're getting their full complement of players between House and Mashburn and and Toppin, who's been the revelation here. They've got the pieces. I mean, they they really do, they have the pieces to win one, not multiple NCAA tournament games. Colorado State, the thing about them is, is that Stevens walks into the gym. He's, he's the best player. Win. He's a killer. He makes plays. He's a dude. I mean, he. I could just see the tournament right now rolling out to a break with that March Madness music, and Isaiah Stevens is the guy. Mm-hmm, he's, yeah. he's got that. Nevada, Steve Alford's done a remarkable job with this team. They're they're really good, uh, and and I've watched them a couple of times now. They they've had a couple of losses lately, but they started in the year fifteen and one, and oh by the and they went to Hawaii. They won an MTE, the Diamond Head Classic. They they beat TCU guys. They beat TCU by 13. They scored mm. 88 points against TCU. People do not do that against Jamie Dixon's team. Ask the Big 12 how that works. So I love this league. And, and I want to give an immense amount of credit to the Mountain West because there's a lot of leagues who would like to be like them. And they are, they're the best West Coast league, and it is not even remotely close. Mm-mm. Yeah, not the, even the, close. The comparison that Richard always makes is he wants the Mountain West to be the left coast counterpart to the big east that and, i've heard that from multiple uh mountain west coaches and and guys i'm not mad at it now at the top obviously there's no yukon in that league but the rest i mean you can not all of, that far off i don't all that i don't think it's, it's that, not as good but it's not that far off gotta, I, mean, I don't think it's that crazy tomorrow. like i don't look i i love and we'll get into yukon in a second um i think that Danny keeping it at the level that it is at right now for UConn is probably not something that is doable. Like outside of Kansas, how often do you see see a team that is top five every single year? Right? There's going to be dynasty time in stores. It might hey, look. I'm not going to complain if it is. That's a very it difficult is dynasty thing to do. time. That's a yeah. very difficult thing to do in the era of the transfer portal and everybody kind of leaving early. So. um if he can pull it off, that would be very, very impressive. But once you get past UConn, there's a lot of similarities there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, now, obviously, you know, Tyler Kolick is, is a, a man in, himself, and Cam Jones is really talented. But, like, really good guard play, like, that's up and down the roster and uh, for both leagues. 
Like New Mexico, you have, they were you have so great fun. guard play. You have great environments. Yeah. You have really, really, really good coaching, and you yes. have a conference that is invested in the success of the basketball programs as much. And as you have can. different styles of play. Yes, within the league, like that was one thing I remember talking to Laval, uh, who you know we've all become great friends with, and who I think is awesome. He said, you know, the big, you know, I'm a Big Ten guy. I go to the Big East. I have to deal with different kinds of styles every night. Mountain West, same way. Like you got to go from playing Leon up at Boise State to playing New Mexico, who's helter skelter crazy. Like it's something different every day to playing San Diego State, who's going to try to beat you up, to Utah State that's trying to run off. Like tough league, man. Fun league. Fun, fun right. league. Here's what we're going to do, and then we're going to move on. I want you guys okay. to give me the the prediction of who you think can make the deepest run. Fanny, you are not allowed to say. New Mexico on this one. We know what you're feeling on New Mexico. Give me another pick for a team that can make a deep run. Tio, you go first. Am I allowed to pick New Mexico? If you want to. No. Fanti, you can go ahead and go first because now I, I like I'm just – here's the thing. San Diego State has the best front court player in the league. Uh, Colorado State has the best point guard in the league. The best collection of guards is probably at New Mexico. And Tyson Degahart's a stretch four that can give you 35. Like, it's <laughs> – it's so much fun that league. I, it's if I had to pick one, I would. Depending on draw, I think that's the big thing. New Mexico can give teams problems with that pressure. They could make a Sweet Sixteen. I mean that. Vanna. Well, because of, I'm a little bit concerned about them defensively, but because of how dangerous they are on the offensive end of the floor, since I can't pick New Mexico. I, I I didn't have any any agenda with New Mexico in the preseason. I just I like their makeup and their experience. You're not wrong. You're right. But Ricky Patino tells me I need to see a mental health expert and, and all that <laughs> stuff. So okay, uh, I'll take Colorado State because of Stevens, mm. and just how much he does, and Nick Clifford. Nick Clifford just he he rebounds the basketball. He's he so scores. explosive. He, he's shooting fifty percent from three Is on that the good? season. They got three guys. Yeah, it's they got three guys shooting at least forty six percent from three and taking threes because uh, Patrick Cartier, uh, he that guy has had a couple of big games. So they're I love I really like Colorado State and I think Nico Medved's do. Yeah, give me uh give me San Diego State. Then I can't believe you guys just left there. I got the third pick and I got the team that made it to the national title game last season. Give me San Diego State. Give me Jalen. Okay, it's a Dixon Water. The, in all seriousness, uh, I think that the emergence of Reese Dixon Waters as kind of a go-to guy offensively has been um, a pretty a pretty significant uh, development for them. All right, Fanny, and you, it's all hey, matchups too. It's all matchups too. Like if they if you set, you know, New Mexico up against somebody that's not that that can't handle the ball that struggled with that, they're going to blow them out of the water. If you set San Diego State up with somebody who's a little softer, they're going to beat the shit out of them. Like. It's so it's such a weird thing the way the NCAA tournament's being seated now with this crappy net rankings. <laughs> that like it just depends on the you know day to day whoever gets matched up with who, which we saw in the tournament last year. Yeah, 
That's the beauty of the sport. That's why the NCAA yeah. tournament is the best way to crown a champion and the worst way to figure out who the best team in the sport is. Uh, yes. It's the beautiful insanity of college basketball that we all love. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for the listeners and the viewers of the Field of 68 each and every week of the college basketball season. We have a special offer that will be available starting on Tuesday, January 9th, and running through Monday, February 12th, the morning after Super Bowl 58. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, in honor of the big game, you can use the bonus code FIELD158 and you'll get $158 in free bets on your first wager with BetMGM, regardless of whether or not you win that first bet. Here's how you make it work. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD158. Deposit at least $5 and place your first wager on any game. You'll receive $158 in bonus bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just make sure that you use that bonus code FIELD158 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly, which happens quite a bit. When you cross state borders, you just log into your existing account and fire away. You don't have to create separate accounts in each state. It's easy, it's simple, it's clean. And most importantly, we have some fun stuff coming up for the heart of the college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odd boosts, and my favorite, a nice juicy parlay boost. So download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Field 158. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fanta, you were in Gample last night. Um, the, the sound that came through the television when watching that game was loud it was immense it felt like a big time atmosphere at a big time program and it's not always that way when it comes to to UConn home games some of it is because of the early tips some of it is because uh, not everybody likes trying to make the trek all the way to Hartford which is not the greatest building to watch a game in but I think the whiteout combined with Creighton combined with the two dollar middle lights it worked man that building was loud and intense talk to me about what you saw last night in stores well, when they're at Gamble, it's just a different level. It's it's it just makes it so much tougher for a visitor because the building's more intimate. They're on top of you there, and the students just bring it, and they brought it on Wednesday night. It was absolutely fantastic. I mean, you just knew before the game 
how big of a game it was with the whiteout. And the students were camped out outside Gamble Pavilion starting at 6 o'clock in the morning, and it was 18 degrees. I mean, that's that's. I want to give a serious shout-out to the Connecticut students. That is, that is having cojones. That is hanging with your team. That's bringing your A game to the game. As for the game, this was a game we're heading in. As somebody calling the game, you instantly say to yourself, well, stay out of the way. Because let the crowd tell what's happening better than anything I could say. And I'll tell you what, last night was a layout night, meaning as you just lay out and you let off big buckets, you just let them go. And there was a, a sequence where Castle finds Klingon for the alley oop. Raf says, Say good night. And I just said, Klingon does just that. It's it's wild at Gamble, Lay, and we had 15 seconds of nothing but the crowd, and they caught the entire UCONN chant, and it was chills-up-your-arms type of energy in the building. That is the best I have seen this UConn team defend all season. It's the best defensive performance I've seen from Connecticut maybe in the last two seasons. They absolutely cooked Creighton. With their defense. They defended mm. their tails off. They were right there in all the right places defensively. They guarded the heck out of Kalkbrenner. I'm, the way that they defended ball screens was fantastic. And Rob's going to get into it. But man, guys, uh, they they just made Creighton's life a nightmare. To a point that every Creighton possession was going down to 10 seconds on the shot clock. 7 seconds on the shot clock. That's unbelievable. Every single possession in this Creighton team, they've got their own issues. And last night, and even the game before against St. John's, their offense showed its limitations and their lack of athleticism. Their mm-hmm. lack of athleticism was my takeaway watching them live. But UConn just really guarded an elite level. UConn shot just over 35% and won the game handily it was never in doubt but Creighton in their last two games fellas and this is why the Blue Jays have concerns in their last two games Creighton shot six for 27 from three against St. John's Tio mm-hmm. Creighton shot six for 26 from three against UConn UConn took the way Connecticut ran Creighton off the line is the best defensive job I've seen a, a Dan Hurley led team nor alone any team do against the Creighton Blue Jays UConn out athleted out toughed and just dominating them. Yeah, the, the, what they did in ball screens, and I, I talked about this on uh, on on After Dark last night, is it was the first time that I've seen them really do it to this level since last season, right? Last year, what made them so difficult is that they would have uh, Sonogo like hard hedging ball screens when he was in there, and you got to guard that a certain way, and you have uh, rotations that are doing certain things on the weak side, and then when Donovan Klingon's in there and you're playing drop coverage, it's a completely different kind of thing that you're doing offensively and and, and defensive connectivity and, and different rotations and different calls, and, and we don't need to get into the weeds of it, but uh, they did it last night where Samson Johnson, when he was out there, he was hedging hard. It was almost to the point where they were trapping the ball screen uh, to try to take the ball out of the, the ball handler's hands. Um, and then when Klingon was in there, it was the typical drop where you kind of stay at home on the weak side and and you uh, you know you do what drop coverage always is. And it was to me, it was really impressive that you are able to be at that level with two different kind of ball screen coverages. And Teal, you could probably speak to this a little bit better than I can. 
um, that makes it very difficult for the team that you are playing when you have to go through and prepare for two completely different styles of defense against um, something that you're doing offensively. And I was just like, you you hit the nail on the head, fan. I think that was the best defensive performance from the 10-minute mark of the first half to the 10-minute mark of the second half was the best that I've seen UConn defend in the Dan Hurley era. The rotations, the communication, there were some switches there that it, uh, they weren't switching, but there were switches that were made because it just it made sense and the guys were connected and the rotations were there. I think there was maybe one possession the entire game where I sat there and I was like, oh, yeah. Someone was supposed to be here, and he wasn't here. Now, they have guys that get beat off the dribble. Cam Spencer's not going to stay in front of a ton of people, but he, generally speaking, he's in the right spot. And when you have the Great Wall of Bristol, when you have the Kling Kong, Kling Kong at the rim, hey, the Great Wall everything of Bristol, like, I like that. Yeah, you can, um, you can get beat off the dribble, and you don't necessarily have to worry about it. The big question I had was, what is UConn going to be defensively? And if that's what they are, even like 90% of what they were last night, then that's a team that can go back-to-back. Oh, absolutely. They're the best team in the country. They are the best team in the country. It's not even a question right now. They are number one. And and when they defend like that, wow. Guys, early in the game, you know what Creighton did? Creighton said, Stefan Castle, we're going to dare you to shoot it. Mm -hmm. And he he eventually made one. So, T.O., they just went middle. Creighton just said, we're going to take away driving lanes. And, And early on, it was working. Tristan Newton. I mean, Tristan, Tristan fan, Newton. To be honest, it worked the entire game. UConn shot 35% from the floor, 26% from three, and scored 62 points at home in a whiteout in a $2 beer night game. Creighton's yeah. defense was not the problem. No, UConn, UConn short, like they, they scouted but, UConn well. I thought that they actually played yeah. very, very well defensively. UConn did not play great on the offensive no, but, but in a game where UConn scores 62 points, Tristan Newton essentially accounted for half of them mm-hmm. because because he had the 16 points. He also had five assists, uh, not to mention he had eight rebounds. And, and that's the other thing. The glass was a massive problem mm-hmm. for Creighton. Guys, Connecticut out-rebounded Creighton 48-32. to 32. It wasn't close. Connecticut had 21 offensive rebounds, Terrence. That's insane. That can In the last two years, guys, Connecticut's out rebounded their opponents forty nine times. Yep, that's something. That's something too. That's like a little bit stylistic because Creighton will let their guards get out to those leak outs, not leak out spots, but like those outlet spots. Hassan Diara had four. Tristan Newton had four. So, like, is that them tagging? What's that? What's the when I say tagging? There's a weight offensive rebound to where. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's that's a very complicated thing to explain on a podcast. But are they are they attacking with the guards? Uh, like that's a huge thing, and it's so many extra opportunities is nuts. And hey, Fanta, I have to do this. I think Joe Williams was doing your game. He was a producer. Was it Joe? Yeah. Yes. And I I haven't met Joe in person, but man, the fact that you know sometimes you'll run into producers. They do a million different sports and everything like that. For him to keep the camera rolling to break with the Yukon chant, that just showed like his general like mm-hmm. wait, kudos to that guy. That was awesome. That was one of the best usages of like, hey, get, hey man, lay out. We know what's coming. We're gonna make sure it works. And it, it and it worked. They phenomenal job by him. Anyway, outside of that, can I just it, elaborate on that real quick? Like, yeah, when there's an art to that, like a yeah. real art and a feel. Like it, the the really good ones have excellent feel. 
And, and the, so the, the yeah. best thing about college basketball, and I, I've said this before to you, and you're 100% right. The best thing about college basketball is the atmosphere with which is played in and the passion with which the fans and the coaches and the players and everybody that loves this sport and participates in the sport that they have for it. And when you can get that to come through on a broadcast, that's what makes it great. If you're trying to watch the highest level of basketball, right, if you want to see incredible shot making and incredible skill and all these ridiculous dunks and highlights and this and that like you're watching the nba right that's where yeah. the guys are the best the thing that makes college basketball so good is the environment you played in the passion that everybody has the noises no the student sections the chance so when you are able to capture that on a broadcast where you actually feel the u-c-o-n-n chant going on and that's all you hear and it's only coming through the mic that fana has on his headset where it bla that blocks out a lot of the sound, that should tell you how loud it is in that building. And it's great when these producers are able to uh, be that able feel. to capture that. Yeah, you get the feel for yeah. being there coming through the TV set. And when you're doing remote broadcasts, and when you uh, would like, it just it's not the same. And when like there's not a big crowd there when we were doing all the COVID stuff, and there were no fans in the building, it's just not the same. And it's just. I, that's that's it right there that's what makes the sport great and it's not just i'm not just saying that because it's uconn it's like wherever you are when you feel that coming through the tv that's when that's when you get the chills man that's what makes the sport yeah. great to you sorry yeah I, and i and i worked with a guy i worked with the guy at new mexico bobby hayden who did a terrific job too like he was awesome because if if there's ever a person that hits you up after a game and fanta can attest that they're like man it looked crazy in there man the energy in there looked nuts that's the producers doing mm-hmm that's the producers doing like we can help try to accentuate the points, accentuate the energy. But if it really feels like an atmosphere in there, that's crazy. That's the producer showing you like, and those guys have their hands full. There's a billion screens back there, <laughs> but, like, but like uh Bobby and his crew did a great job. Joe and his crew obviously did a great job. It's, it's not that easy to put together. Like the product on the screen and sometimes you don't realize this. Uh, you don't realize what all goes into it. Poof, those guys had their hands full. Back to the point, I agree with you guys. UConn, when they play defense to the level in which they did, I guys, I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't know what you do against them. So big, mm -hmm. so physical. And the multiple ball screen things, you have to have an elite guard who not only is great with the ball but knows when to give it up. That's a hard that's a hard thing. Like you have to be, have a guard that's willing to give it up, then willing to keep it at certain points. And he has to read it instantaneously, depending on who's in. And he has to recognize who's in as soon as they come in the game. So like, that's not an easy fix. Now, some coaches can manufacture ways to beat that those different kinds of pressure, but you still have to have a point guard that can recognize it and understand that it's coming. And that's, that's asking that's a lot out of a lot of young point guards. That's asking a lot. Yeah, that's the knock on Creighton is they don't really have a – Yeah, Ashworth guard. is a good player. He's not necessarily a point guard's point guard, if that makes sense. Yeah, same with Trey Alexander, same with Baylor Shire. Like They got a bunch of guys that can do point guardy kind of stuff, but they're not really point guards. Um, I, Real quick, I just – where do you guys stand on kind of the Big East overall? Like is Creighton still a top-four team? Is Marquette still a top-four team? Is this a UConn-Seton Hall race? Is this UConn all by themselves? Tio, why don't you all. Yeah, Tio, why don't you go first, and then we'll let we'll let Fanta weigh in because I know Fanta's going to have lots of thoughts on this. You know what? I, I do think – I think Marquette's still really good. They're just figuring out a bunch of stuff. Like <laughs> the league's still really good. It's just – one, it's a tough league. Two, there's deficiencies in this league. And I, we said this coming into the season, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I, there was a lot of hype, but there were very big holes 
with certain rosters. Like, for example, Marquette, interior presence. Is Colet going to have the magical year that he had last year? And he's been great some days, and he had a two-game span where he wasn't great. And as a result, Marquette struggled. Um, Seton Hall, for me, is the surprising one. Like, I think we expected them to be okay right outside that top five, five or six NIT type of team. Man, Shaheen's got him going. And you know why he's got him going? Because Fanta's favorite player, Kadari Richmond, has been a bad boy. And he is as talented as they come. You remember a couple of years ago, I was like, I can't believe he wasn't playing more at Syracuse. Mm-hmm. And apparently, you know, he dude will show up when he feels like it during the offseason. But like he's finally bought in completely to being the player that he can be. And that's what that is, is it's a a guy who can get a triple-double. I don't think he's gotten one this year, has he, Fanta? But a guy that is capable of those kind of things and a guy who is just physically imposing, they are the guys that have just shocked me more than anything. You're voting right now, Big East Coach of the Year, it's Shaheen. It's Shaheen. You you know what's funny about that? I think you can make an argument that Dan Hurley should be the National Coach of the Year, right? right? Considering what they lost, considering the injuries that they dealt with, you can make an argument Hurley is National Coach of the Year. And I think it's a very valid argument that Shaheen is Big East Coach of the Year. Yeah, right? it, it's both of those guys have done an incredible job. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Anna. Go ahead. No, good. Well, so here's the thing: UConn is is the national title contender in this league, and, and I I think that there's one national title contender in this league. I don't think that Marquette is anymore. I I, I think I don't think Creighton is, but because the way the league season started, the league helped itself in terms of units, tournament units, hmm. because the top, because Marquette beat Kansas in Maui. And that was that was such a huge moment for them. The night they did that, we knew that would have unlimited mileage. Now that they've taken some lumps, there's been other teams who have then benefited off of that. So St. John's metrics are way up. And St. John's look like a shell of themselves with Rick Patino's sideline. St. John's hopes to have Patino back Saturday. I think he'll be back. Coming off COVID, I think he'll have a couple-day stint uh, in which he gets gets right, and he's going to be back on Saturday. Nothing's Did you see him. the Seton Hall student section all wearing masks? That was right next to the St. John's bench. That was, that was pretty, pretty good. Pretty high level. That's, that's pretty high level there. Seton Hall is doing incredible things with a roster that has one-tenth of the NIL budget of Villanova and one inkling of of the budget of many others in the conference. And this is a direct credit to Shaheen Holloway, who again turned water into wine at St. Peter's. Okay? You don't just and the and the churchgoers will love that reference because yeah, he he performed a miracle at a school that could have shuttered its doors five, six years ago. And he made them an Elite Eight team. You didn't forget how to coach. As much as last year was a struggle for Seton Hall at times, he still ended up with the most wins a first-year coach at that program's ever had. That program's been around for 115 years. So what he's doing there, guys, is incredible. It is incredible because they don't have the resources. They don't have the dollars. They've got a good fan base. That fan base is now going to have to step up. They're going to have to do something on the NIL front, because you can't win to this degree in the Big East and do nothing. I, I am so impressed by how they're playing. Are they deep? No. No. In fact, if you looked, I, I 
was looking at research for the UConn Creighton game. The last 15 years, teams that relied the fewest on their benches, top five teams in the Big East in terms of percentage of, of bench minutes, this year's Creighton and this year's Seton Hall would be two of the best five, in term, two of the top five in terms of not relying on your bench. It's Kadari Richmond. It's Alamir Dawes. It's Dre Davis. It's Jaden Bediaco. And Bediaco has been the surprise. He transferred from Santa Clara. Who'd he play for? He played for Herb Sendek. What program he played for? Santa Clara. Guess what Santa Clara knows how to do? Develop pros. So he knows how to play the game. He's got great hands. He defends his tail off. He's he's there. And now Dawes is hitting shots. And Dylan Adewusu. Dylan Adewusu's gotten better and better. He's playing his best basketball of his career. He he's been an awesome addition. He figured it out for Holloway. So when teams double Richmond, Richmond's not forcing the issue. He gives it off to Adewusu because he trusts him. And one thing about Adewusu, one-on-one coverage, he's got elusive speed. He'll get by you. He'll figure out a way to finish. They are legit. They're not just red hot. They're legit. Seton Hall, I'm buying all the way. I I, I know that I went there. I get it. But I'm telling you guys, they, they've got it. I think the thing with this league is I'm still uncertain about Villanova. Villanova's yeah. upcoming stretch. UConn at St. John's at Butler, Marquette, Providence. That's a really dangerous stretch here for Kyle Neptune's team. I think St. John's going to keep rising. My dark horse in the back half is Xavier. Don't think they'll make the tournament, but I think that they could be a team that finishes higher than we expect by the end of the year because Sean Miller's team – Keeps getting better. It, it's funny that you mentioned that about Villanova because every single team in the Big East like has a stretch where Seton Hall's next three games, Creighton at home, Providence at home, at Marquette. Uh, after they get DePaul and Georgetown, then it's at Villanova, Xavier, St. John's, Butler, at Creighton, at UConn, Villanova. Like it's just every single team in this league has a stretch of like five or six games where you're like, how the hell are they going to make their way through all of this? The, the, By the way, okay. I'm sorry for saying this. Uh, no, I'm not. DePaul's the worst Big East team in the conference's history. This iteration of them, I will. Uh, I'll give you the 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 banner. I will call it now. They are not winning a conference game. Yeah, it's they've their average margin of loss outside their Georgetown game. Their average margin of loss in the Big East, Terrence. You need to hear this number. Mm-hmm. Is 31. Oof. Yeah, they've they've packed it in. They've they've given up. They're they're yeah, they're they're just they're playing out the season. They're there. Everyone's looking for the place to transfer to where they're gonna go next year, what they're gonna do next season. Are they gonna go pro? Are they gonna they, they've call Willie Wade? They've they've called it a season. They have called it a season. I don't even know if Will Wade's the right fit there, but that's a different conversation. Yeah, right. Will Wade's a perfect fit there. I think Will Wade's a better fit at a place like a West Virginia. Um well, I guess my bigger point is that I just feel like Will, like the, the problem with DePaul has always been good. Well, no, I, I just, I think that there's going to be other options for Will Wade that will be more appealing to him than DePaul. That's all my point. I, I think he would do a good job there. I'm just saying, I don't know if he would go there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Got to be able to get dudes in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And they just have a bunch of other dudes like that. They've got a bunch of, yeah, it, it's not good. And, it's just ugly. It's just ugly. I hate I hate it for Stubbs because you know he waited a long time for his turn. It's just not working. 
It is not. Hey, and here's here's the thing. Like, you know, there's a lot of guys that are terrific assistant coaches, not good head coaches. We found it out. We found out with those things. Stubbs was their recruiter at Oregon, and you know, not a great head coach. Kenny Payne, great recruiter at Kentucky, not a great head coach. Those things just happen, and that's okay. That's yep. okay. I also think like when you the, the Kenny Payne one and Tony Stubblefield are different to me, but when you're at the Paul, like you have to be. It's going to take a lot to get that thing revived, and I don't know. Like I think Stubbs could have. I think Stubbs could have done well at a different spot, but asking him to be the guy to revive the DePaul program was that's that's not an easy thing to do. So now that the college football season is in the past and college basketball is in full swing, I need to tell you guys about our partners over at Rhythm. If you're into sports betting, you need Rhythm, the place for data-backed props and picks. For those that are unfamiliar, Rhythm, spelled R-I-T-H-M-M, is the go-to mobile app for player props and game picks. Backed by AI predictive models, Rhythm helps you make smarter and faster betting decisions across all sports, but particularly college hoops, where there are as many as 150 games a day during conference play, many of which have softer lines at BetMGM than you'll find in the NFL or in the NBA. With Rhythm, you get data-backed picks for every Division I game every day users get free picks daily with the ability to upgrade to unlimited access and for those of you already using modeling you can build custom sports betting models within the rhythm app itself i and I'm a rhythm user and i found that i've been a better better when i focus on the lines where my gut and rhythms modeling are aligned to kick off the partnership between the field of 68 and the rhythm three people who download rhythm at the link below and create an account between now and the end of the day on thursday will be entered for a chance to win a free subscription with access to unlimited picks for college basketball the nba the nfl and more so if you want to increase your edge and win more bets Go to the link in the description and download Rhythm today. That's R-I-T-H-M-M, the place for data-backed props and picks. Um, all right, I want to talk about the top of the SEC. The top of the SEC is fascinating to me because um, the two teams that are the highest rated and sitting in first place right now in the conference are Auburn and Alabama, and the best wins that they have between them are Mississippi State and Texas A&M. You have Kentucky and Tennessee, who are both one game out of uh, the top spot, who have a couple more losses, but um, maybe have some more impressive wins. So I just want to roll through it quick. Let's do each one of these. Let's let's be fast on this, but uh, I want to go whether just a little game of trust or bust on if you trust this them to be a legitimate Final Four contender, SEC title contender, or if you think they're a bust where you don't think they are. Let's start with uh, let's start with Auburn. To let's start with your Tigers. Trust or bust? Trust. Defense, Aiden Holloway, big enough guys for some rim protection, and that style just causes that just gives people fits. I, I'm going trust on Auburn. Vanna? Absolutely trust, and the metrics trust the hell out of them. Uh, when you look at Auburn, they're one of only two teams in the country that ranks top 10 in adjusted offense <laughs> and defense efficiency, uh, them and Arizona, interestingly enough. So they guard the heck out of you. They're guarding They're guarding at an extremely high level. And when they start to knock down perimeter shots, which they made eight, they get some, they get some guys coming in off the bench that can knock down some shots for them. But I'm loving the production right now out of Jalen Williams. I mean, he's got two 20-plus point games in the last three games. And you know Jani Broom's going to hold things down in the front court. 
I buy Auburn all the way. Trust. Yeah, I, I, I trust them as well. And, and T.O., the thing that stands out to me more than anything else, your guy, K.D. Johnson, right? Your guy that runs on yep. Nightmare Fuel. Um, Two-year starter for the program. A guy that's kind of been a stalwart in that program has accepted a role as like the sixth or seventh man coming off the bench to a freshman, to a transfer coming in from FIU. And I don't think it can be overstated how important it is to have guys that are kind of like, I think it's fair to say Katie Johnson is the culture guy at Auburn, yeah. right? To have yeah. him accept a role and and buy all the way in. That just says so much to me about what Auburn is right now. Agreed. Agreed. You said to keep it short. All right. Yeah. Okay. Alabama. Trust your bus. Santa. We'll go to you first on that <laughs> you, one. <laughs> you did. I didn't have anything else for you. You said to keep it short. I'm I just sorry. wanted your thoughts on KD, man. I know you love KD Johnson. I was going to tee you uh, up. I do. No, I think it's big of him. It's big of him. And that's not easy to do when guys yeah. are getting older, especially in today's where everybody's like, well, okay, what, what, what do I have to do to get to the next level, next level? And he's just like, you know what? I like it here. I want this, this, I want to make my mark by winning. I think that's a huge thing. Yep. Uh, I don't trust Alabama. I don't think that they guard well enough. They're they're 65th in in defense. They 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 have not been a, a team that's guarded. They, they got the best offense. They have the the best Kempom offense in the country. Mm-hmm. Right, they're number one, and the analytics like them because of that. Guys, they've won six in a row. They're playing great ball, but I, I'm not surprised by that. But you're asking me if I trust or bust for Final Four contention, correct? Mm-hmm. I don't trust the Crimson Tide to that degree. Tio? Uh, same thing, kind of deal. Mark Sears has been awesome. Uh, awesome. They just not—they're just not guarding. And whenever they play somebody like, it's going to sound like I'm picking on somebody. And a bunch of all 13 Missouri fans that I said something about the other day, oh. all 13 Missouri fans came at me. But Alabama's conference schedule so far: Vanderbilt, Easy. Uh, South Carolina. They smacked South Carolina. South Carolina is not as talented as the rest of the SEC. I think Lamont's done a great job, but they're just not as talented. It's just, it's the Southern Conference All Stars. Like yeah. they're just not as talented as the rest of the league. Um, <laughs> Mississippi State. Wow, what a shot from you! Nah, what What do you mean? No, I just I don't know. You just call an SEC team the Southern Conference All Stars. Have you looked at the roster? Yeah, they are the they, Southern Conference All Stars. I have. I I don't disagree with you. I just oh, make, okay, okay. I just want to make sure they that are. Was a, that, they, was was a good line. that was a good line. That's all he's saying is that was a good line, Tio. Where did you come up? Had you thought of that previously, or does that just pop into your head? Who said it to you? Someone did. Someone no, said right. that to you. Someone said it to you. You're not that clever. <laughs> no, when I watched him play, when I watched him play at Clemson, it was like every guy that I did a Furman game for over the past couple of years. Yeah. Like B, BJ you- Mack, the kid from the Citadel who's long lean shot blocker. And then, you know, anyway, it doesn't matter. But You're they're right. not as talented. Mississippi State's fine. They're, they're, they're fine. They got thumped yesterday, but they're fine. And then Mizzou. So yeah. it's like anybody that they've played worth their salt and I would argue the Mississippi State now that Tolu Smith is back is much better but I digress Arizona lost gave up a ton of points Creighton lost gave up a ton of points Purdue lost gave up a ton of points Clemson lost gave up a ton of points Ohio State lost gave up a ton of points Creighton not scored going. 85 on them yeah yeah <laughs> I don't think well, Clemson right now could score 85 by themselves yeah right so um, yeah, upcoming okay. schedule though tough at, at, beat one of these upcoming two teams. That's yeah, Seattle. that's that's exactly what I was going to say, Fana, is right now I'm going bust when it comes to uh, Final Four upside and, and winning the SEC upside. But you go one and two 
at Tennessee, Auburn at home in this next week, and we'll have a different conversation. If you can get no one question. of those two games, it's a it's a different conversation. All right. Speaking of Tennessee, T.O., your boys, go Rocky Top, don't connect. 39 points. Bad man. Bad man. I think he's got 39 and 36 in his last two games. Um, are you buying them? Do you trust them? I'm I'm buying them because it's so hard to play against them when they guard. And then when Dalton Connect is as good as what he's been, and he has been phenomenal. What was it? What was it over the last three games? He scored over 100 points or something. Fuck. Yep. Dude. Yep. And he's doing doing them all in Rick Barnes' offense, which might be 50 in other offenses. So yeah. it's like one of these things like he, the, the he thing I love about it, not to level. cut you off. The thing I love about it, I just want to add is that they're not really like running offense. A lot of it is down the stretch. They're just saying, all right, give the ball to our pro. Everybody else get the hell out of the way and let Dalton try. And and the people that are getting out of the way can shoot it. Mm-hmm. So the, it's not like one of these things like he's running the KD offense for Dalton Connect. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like give it to him, get out of the way. On the other end, you better guard. Defense uh, for Tennessee, number two in the country. I'm buying because defense is going to keep them in games. Dalton Connect is going to win them games. Buying because they've gone from a top 60 offense to like a top 20 offense. Yeah. So Because of Dalton Connect. Because of Dalton Connect. They got a bucket no. getter. They, they got a Jimmer Fredette, Doug McDermott type bucket getter. He's, he's that good. Yeah. He, he get him the ball. Get, get what's that? Much bigger, much more athletic than both of those guys. Exactly. He's got it. He's got it. And they've got guard play. They have veteran guards who have been there before. And with Rick Barnes, you're just going to be tough. But between Ziegler and Vescovy, I love their makeup. They're different this year. Rick had to get better offensively. He had to go into the portal and find a bucket. And, man, he to go to get a kid from northern Colorado and for him to be this good, hell of an acquisition, Coach Barnes. Yeah, I'm I'm buying them as well. Um, I th- I don't think that they have quite the final four upside of mm. the team that we're going to talk about next, but I think that they're 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 right up there because I know you're going to talk. Yeah, if I if I if I were to tell you guys that uh, Dalton Connect goes on like a Kemba Walker esque run through the NCAA tournament where he just <laughs> or like a remember when Steph Curry scored like 128 yeah. points in four games and got him within a a shot at the buzzer of beating Kansas to get to the final four. If Dalton connect goes on a run like that, would anybody be surprised? I certainly would not no. be surprised. No. They're the third best offense in the sec, um, which I think tells you everything you need to know. I'm buying. I'm buying yep. is I think Barnes could get to, could get to uh, this Arizona. is the year. This is the yep, year he does it. Year. Yep. Um, wow. All right. A good story. Kentucky, good story. Kentucky. Where do you stand? Fanta, you go first. Absolutely. buying. If you're not buying, you're a hater. Uh, and I'm not a hater. I'm a realist with the with Big Blue Nation. Oh, they, they they absolutely answer all the questions. They're the most dangerous team in transition in the country. And at times, they can, what I like about them is they could take a punch and punch back this year. So Mississippi State went on a run, I think a 12-0 run at one point in that game. And Kentucky just punched back because they've got multiple shot makers. They have multiple creators. They don't have to rely on one or two guys to win. And Antonio Reeves just is 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 quietly having a very nice season. And and I know that the freshmen are the headliners, but but he's he's bringing the veteran presence that we want him to bring. I think he's just come back and he's got a he's got a purpose about him. He's just he's playing good basketball. Uh, Rob, you brought this up on After Dark over the weekend, but when 
uh, Yugana and Yenzo plays mm-hmm. plays well for them. He opens up something for them. He gives them something different. But guys, Reed Shepard, Rob Dillingham, DJ Wagner, these guys have been three of the best freshmen in America. They've been as advertised, and they've delivered. They've delivered on their ranking. They've delivered on the stars next to their name. Credit to them. If you're not buying Kentucky to make the Final Four and have that upside, you you're even Tyler Hansborough's buying them. So I don't know what you're doing. All right, wake up and buy them. The fact that Hansborough's jumping all in on the Kentucky and then openly admits that he hopes they suck. This <laughs> peak Tyler Hansborough. By the way, the Tyler doing some radio now. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that picture? So Someone- happy. Someone quote tweeted and said, I just love the fact that the play-by-play guy has 12, 12 sheets of paper in his notes and Hans Burrow just shows up and is winging it. dying, <laughs> <laughs> But he's so good. I love yeah. that he's got on our team. I love it. He's great. He's awesome. Such he a curveball. Give, he doesn't give a damn what anybody thinks. Just a lovable, weightlifting, meat-eating <laughs> carnivore. That's what he is. The funniest thing about Hans Burrow is that there's like – there's never a doubt what he thinks, right? Like whatever, whatever is going on in his head, like he's going to tell you it straight out. And and my other favorite thing about him, I told him this the other night on after dark is that no matter what team we talk about, the first player that he's going to shout out is the center. (laughs) Every time, every Every time. time. It's like, oh yeah, and you know what? They got a great big guy, Janai Broom. Oh, you know what? They got a plays great hard. big guy, plays hard. Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, he plays hard. He's physical. He's the best. I think man. we got to throw into the, the post. I, I'm more. so happy that I'm so happy we get to talk to him. I, like we're, he, we're, he just we're making him a T-shirt to that says "Chicks dig jump hooks." <laughs> I like that. Oh man, yeah, I'm. I'm it should be for him. Kentucky. Chicks dig offensive rebounds. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I'm obviously in on Kentucky. I will say there's a little bit of Alabama vibes because I'm. There are times when I don't trust them entirely defensively, um, but I do think that uh, Reed Shepard is a good enough defender that he can kind of get it done. Listen, um, this has been fun, guys. This has been fun. It's always nice to jump on with you guys on a uh, Thursday afternoon. Um, Fanta's on the phone right now. I wonder, I wonder who he's talking to. Um, Matt Norlander. Oh, uh, Nordy, Nordy, Nordy bombing the podcast. I'm on his podcast right when I get done with you. He goes, are you still doing that? I go, yeah. He goes, what's Dalster talking about? <laughs> Tyler Hansbrough. I don't get to say anything about I don't get to say anything about Kentucky. Is this where we're at? No, no go ahead. I thought, I thought no, no, Fanta no, no, was no, done. No, I thought he was calling. Go ahead, T.O. You know what? Hey, hold on. One four low. One no, four no, low. no, no, no. Don't do that. This ain't walk on time. We're running the Dalton Connect offense. Give the ball to T.O. Hey, this isn't walk on time. This isn't walk on time. Cook, T.O. Let them go. Now, I think their defensive metrics are a little bit skewed because the bigs didn't come till later in the season. That's Fair. my only thing. I think Kentucky's very good. I, I, I'm a buyer. That's all I want to say. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I'm in. I'm in. Do you guys want to do fraud watch? We can go real quick. Give me a yes or no. Fraud watch. Florida State, 5-1 and one in the ACC, currently sitting in second place. Are you buying them? Are they, are they real watch. or are they frauds? They've won five of six. Frauds. <laughs> <laughs> Are you buying them? Are you buying them, T.O.? Yeah, you're the no. ACC guy here. No, I'm not buying them. No. I love, I love like, like to make the tournament? I just, I, I, in general. Uh, I'm, I'm glad they're figuring some things out. I'm not buying them. Yeah, I don't see it. I, I just don't Miami see it. struggling. Notre Dame's not very good. They overwhelm them physically. Wake Forest at home in Tallahassee. Sometimes you fall asleep there. Uh, Virginia Tech, if you can pressure their guards, you can beat them. 
And then uh, Georgia Tech is brand new. Yep. Fair enough. They got three one, three losses. Yeah, big big one for both them and Clemson next game, uh, Saturday. Could be the end of Clemson season. Huge. Could be. Um, T.O., I wish you weren't new to Clemson basketball. Otherwise, I would ask you about the Clemson Tigers and, and what you make of them. Uh, this season. I don't, all right. I, it, full transparency. Full transparency. I haven't been able to watch games because I've been traveling the country. I'm going to go back and watch them just to look at them. But I'm about to eat some crow if they don't get that shit together. Like, well, that's I, probably you know, why they're struggling, man. You know what it is? They know that the one guy that knows Clemson basketball better than anyone else can't even support them. You can't even root for your team. You can't even root for your alma mater. This one's on you. You need to get. I do better. root for them. Yeah, you're not but watching like, the games. It, but, but I don't like, see they you have wearing your to. I don't see you wearing your to is new to Clemson basketball sweatshirt while you're sitting there. Still going, hadn't Come gotten on, one in the mail. Should, Matter of fact, still hadn't gotten one in the mail. I haven't gotten a, a t-shirt in the mail filled sixty eight. What two years? When's the last Let time you check. got one? It should Panther? be. It should, it should be on the way. I sent it through. I I paid for it already. I paid for it already. All right, the money has left my account. It should be on the way. Where we make our shirts? All right, Oregon five and zero, Pac twelve frauds, Vanna. Fraud watch. Fraud or not? Uh, no. No. They're not a fraud. Okay? I have watched them play and a full game. They are a good shot-making team. They are a good shot. That team can hit threes quickly. Uh, I saw them out at Washington State, and they just – they I think they hit 16 threes in the game, and it wasn't just a one-off. It was the flow of their offense. So, No. They are not a fraud. They're they're younger, but their youth is getting better. And I think Dane Altman's got a good enough team. So I uh, Oregon is not a fraud. Their best their best players are their freshmen, mm-hmm. and and now we're entering the middle of January. They're they're playing much better uh, after winning six in a row. Like the Pac twelve is not very good. We all understand that. I, Oregon with those young talented guys starting to play better. I'm buying on Oregon. Yeah, and they just got and followed Dante back in the last game from uh, I think it was a knee sprain or something like that. So if they can get him going with Kwame Evans and Jackson Shellstead, uh, they're going to be interesting. Seton Hall, Fana, Fraud Watch, Pirates. They're the furthest thing from a fraud. They could win the Big East. <laughs> they, I don't. I mean, UConn hasn't won the Big East since '06. I think UConn is going to win it, but I think Seton Hall is going to finish in the top three of this league. Yeah, I agree. They're, they're not I am, I am buying. Um, I, I'm buying. I'm buying because man, those wins that they've had during this little stretch of what what have they won? Eight out of their last nine. Their wins are against UConn at Providence, Marquette at home, and then St. John's at home. But those are some big wins, and they continue to do it uh, as long as they don't stay away from the injury bug. Knock on wood. That's right. As long as they don't get hurt, uh, I'm buying Seton Hall. Those dudes play hard. Yes, Last they one. did. Wisconsin, five and one, first place in the Big Ten. Fraud watch, fraud or not, fraud alert. To they just lost at Penn State. Who loses at Penn State? They gave up eighty-seven points to Mike Rhodes. Frauds? Yes. Don't no. Turn it over. Don't turn it over. He doesn't want to buy a Big Ten team. I don't. Not at all. No. Hey, look, Max Klesman, it's been a pleasant surprise. They've got a bunch of older players on that team. And then um, there's an AJ store. There's been, you know, him coming in, added, added some talent and some ability to create. Uh, hard for me to buy a Big Ten team. I would buy Wisconsin to be good for the rest of this season. 
twofold. One, because I think they are good. And two, because I think the Big Ten is bad. So there you go. And they win it. They're a game up on Purdue right now. They get Purdue yes. twice. Their first game is Sunday, February 4th at home against Purdue. And then the last game of the regular season, the last game of Zach Eadie's, uh, most likely Zach Eadie's career at Purdue, they're in Mackey Arena for Purdue Senior Night. Can Wisconsin win the Big Ten? Yes or no? Yes. Without, Purdue, without, will win, yes. Purdue will win the Big Ten. That's uh, but can they? Yes. Can Wisconsin? Yes. Purdue could go on a stretch where they lose three or four. They could. They, 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 Purdue has shot 40% from three this season. Yep. I, uh, I do think that it is going to be an interesting race. I think that Purdue wins it, but I do think that uh, it will be something where it'll be fun throughout the entire year. I don't think it, what, what they went by like four games last season and it wasn't close. I think that it will, we'll have an intriguing Big Ten title race. Uh, listen, you got to get on with Norlander. Because he's texting me right now, very upset about the fact that he wants to be able to uh, to have you on his podcast. It's not my fault. We're sitting here talking. It's the DTF podcast. It's not the Doster and To podcast. It's the Doster To and Fanta podcast. Norlander can take his time. So listen for John Fanta, for oh Terrence Oglesby. This has been the DTF <laughs> podcast. We'll see you guys again next week. Uh, I got to mention Vaulted. Vaulted is an app where you can challenge your friends and store your predictions forever. It's V-L-T-E-D. You can download it from any app store that you're in and any app store where you get these things for absolutely free. So if you want to challenge your friends and store your predictions, go download the app. Here is my challenge to you guys. RC, John, I am still saying that FAU is going to find a way to win the American Conference regular season title. Is that crazy? Am I out of my mind? Am I drunk? I might be a little bit drunk. You might be, but I don't. I don't necessarily <laughs> think it's crazy. I mean, there. Uh, I mean, you know, a uh, uh, lot of lot of lot of basketball to play. I'll say this: um, yes, because of we've seen them do it before, and I think all the all the parts are there. Um, if I'm if there's a concern that I have for Florida Atlantic, and I, I I've said all along, I love their culture and how they play when they play the correct way. They look like like the games here where they just expect like it was like they know it's going to happen. That's the only thing about them that was surprising to me is where I, you know, they, they look like, all right, like there's a, like we're better than you. Like they don't have to come out and play. Like they can just go hit the button on the wall and that that's concerning. Uh, but the talent's there. I, I think they can make a, 